This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to today's wonderful, wonderful episode of Voice of Change. Now, I can say it's, it's wonderful because I anticipate that we're going to have a blessed time together over the next hour. And welcome to the show. It is me, Lauren Jacobs, and you here on Capelwood. But I hope that you already know that because you've probably been with us the whole afternoon. So it's going to be a great time that we're going to have together. I hope that you have been having a blessed and a wonderful day, a wonderful afternoon. And um, my prayer is, even if you haven't, that as you sit down right now and you just tune in and that you will feel God's presence, his hope and his love and his tangible love and his tangible comfort, his tangible wisdom and knowledge and understanding standing and that whatever you are needing right now in your heart and in your life maybe you're going through a tough time well I pray that God will just richly be with you and really show up for you and really just be with you and just really be a comfort and just a joy and will just bring you hope and everything that you need today today on the show I'm going to be going into the story of Boitimelo. Boitimelo is such a blessing because she has written an incredible, incredible book. And before I tell you about her book, we're going to be touching on and talking through her journey today. And I want to tell you that firstly, she is a child of God. She is an author, an environmental sciences student. She loves Bible studies and seeing biblical truths applied in the lives of Christians who are alive in this generation. She has written a book called Raped But Saved, a memoir. And it's really a survivor's story of resilience and hope. This book is inspiring. It is very challenging and it will stay with you long after you've finished reading it. And it's it's not an easy read necessarily, but it's very much an important one. And like I said, it's a memoir. This is Boitimelo's story. And today we are going to be getting into her story of sexual violation. What was happening one day while she was, you know, on her way to church walking just as a 16-year-old young woman, newly saved, in love with Jesus, and she found herself a victim of rape. And we're going to be talking about her story today, but she's also sharing with resilience, with hope, what has happened in the years that have come, the years that have gone past that event and what God has taught her, the tools that you can use as well. If you've experienced rape, sexual violence or abuse, assault, just also encouragement to Christians and some a little bit of know-how on how we need to be dealing with people in our congregation or other Christians that we know who are survivors of sexual violation and what we can do to help them. So Boy Tomato is with me and she's going to be sharing all of this as well as her story today. It is one of resilience and one that we can learn so, so much from. So stay tuned. It's Voice of Change and Boy Tomato is with me after this. Always on Voice of Change, it is 
important for us to be talking about the realities that are facing, you know, us as individuals, but also the realities that face women of South Africa as well as the individual stories that we all have. And the stories that we all have is so important because our stories speak to us about challenges, hope, the reality, the inspiration, but also the hardships that we go through, the pain that we go through sometimes. And Today, I have a very special guest, Boitomelo, and she's going to be sharing a bit of her story with us to challenge us, inspire us, and a story that I believe will stay with us before we get into sharing a little bit about that and the, the message for the women of South Africa as well. Boitomelo, it is so good to have you with me finally on Voice of Change. Wanted to have you as a guest for such a long time. Finally, God has made this moment happen for this particular moment, for this particular time. So welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Laurie. And now I, I truly believe, you know, we've wanted to catch up for such a long time that God has a specific purpose, uh, almost like a specific moment. And maybe there's someone listening today that needs to hear the story that you have. And, you know, you have shared so bravely about your journey and also about the, you know, you wrote an incredible book called Rapes But Saved. Now, firstly, tell us a bit about your journey you know, sexual abuse, sexual assault and rape is so part of the culture of South Africa. But to talk about it and to bravely share your story is a whole different reality. So tell us a bit about where your journey actually began. Okay, so um, yeah, my journey began when I was 16, um, just walking from church in the afternoon and meeting these two guys who then dragged me into the forest and raped me. Mm. Um, and then I had to walk uh, by God's grace to the nearest uh, church member. And then I got there um, and I got help. I was rushed to the hospital and luckily I was not HIV positive. Mm. And yeah, but from that day on, there were many days that came after that day that were so so hard um yeah i had i had a mental breakdown mm. i cuz i was still very young i i had to change schools a, a whole lot happened after that but um i'm of course just grateful that i didn't have to tell people I didn't have to get time to keep it as a secret and try to figure out how who am I gonna tell and if they're gonna believe me or not and mm -hmm. that I really got medical help right through but the impact that sexual abuse has on someone is very very deep it takes so much time to just heal a little bit of it um, and so yeah I tried going to counseling um and yeah, I, I tried a lot of things just to help me um, heal quickly, but healing is not as quick as you'd want it to be. So mm. I've had just a many months of sleepless nights, just that trauma and also the, the legal system on the side, knowing that those guys are not yet arrested mm. and getting reports 
that they actually are raping other women again. Mm. Um, and the police telling me to to really um, guard myself and make sure I'm in safe places so that they don't meet me again because um, they had had a conversation in the forest, these guys deciding whether they should kill me or not. And one of them mm. pleaded with the other that they shouldn't kill me. And um, knowing that I'm alive and that I may, I may say something, mm. put my life at risk. So there was just a lot that came with that just one day. It was not just the the, the act of rape. It was mm. a lot of trauma and, and pain and hardships that came with that. Mm. And exactly that, like you're saying, it's not just that day, that moment. It's everything that happens afterwards. And the fact that oh, we talk about this so often and it's so infuriating, the fact that individuals that are raping women are still free and you're having to deal with the legal system you're having to deal with the secondary victimization you know what's going to happen do people believe me how's this going to be and now you as the survivor have to think about your safety are you going to be okay like you said the police saying to you are you in a safe space you know are you are you in a safe place because these individuals are still out there and they are still doing these things are they going to eventually go to trial? Are they going to eventually face the legal ramifications? Is this something that, uh, you know, that you are also in the process of, and I'm sure other people as well, that they have harmed? Is this something that eventually is going to catch up to them? Or is this a case that we see of, well, you know, the legal system is not doing anything, nothing is happening right now, they might actually just continue with this behavior? Well, um, on my case, um, the longest of time, I mean, from when I was 16, when I was in varsity, 20, I was, well, I was 20, mm. they were not arrested. Um, and then when I was in varsity, that's where one of the police officers told me to be, to protect myself. I even dropped out of varsity because I didn't, I could not walk out of my 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 residence. I mm. could not go to shopping. I could. I didn't want to be where people are, so that I'm not spotted by these guys whom I don't know where they live. If the police says they don't know where they are, then who am I? Yeah. Uh, but later on, um, I I got a report that one of them was arrested, um, based on the evidence that he has raped about six girls. Wow. And, and yeah, he was sentenced for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably served five. And that for me was so unfair because in the mm-hmm. five years that he will spend in jail, it's, it's someone's first five years of trauma. It, it was yeah. not enough. It yeah. was it was not enough, and also just that one guy. I was raped by two. Um, they only found that one guy to this date. The other guy is not. I have not received any report on uh, what's happening with him, and that is very dramatic. I mean, yeah. to this day, my family is still in a place where I was raped. I I cannot go there. Mm. Um, I just um, yeah. Even now. 
I had to be I had to be lobolad and I really negotiated with my family that the lobola negotiations should not go to my where I, where, where I was brought up because mm. I just cannot be in that area so mm. yeah it's very traumatic incredibly traumatic and like you said it stays with you you know and, and there's good days and there's hard days one of the things that I was thinking I met a missionary a couple of years ago who had was here actually doing a missions trip in South Africa she's not from South Africa but while she was here she was raped and um, by intruders that broke into her house and one of the hard things for her was that that question of why would God allow this to happen to me because I am a child of God and I know that it's it's very different for everybody. Everybody's journey is different, but there are similar experiences. And like you said, you were, you know, walking from church. Was was there a struggle within you as well of thinking like, God, you know, where were you in that moment? Uh, what is the reality of this? Where where was your presence? You know, we we walk by this faith. We believe that you will always be with us. And it's it's not only traumatic on a on a physical level and emotional and a mental level, but I'm sure there was some impact spiritually on you as well. Yeah, yeah, there there was a huge impact. Um, also, because I was a very new believer, I had just been born again, probably in in four months or so, hmm. and. Like I was just thinking, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have joined this thing. <laughs> maybe yeah. I shouldn't have. I mean, why would I um, become a believer and suddenly such things happened to me? Um, also, I did not, I did not know much of God. <laughs> yeah, mm. I felt like I was. I didn't even like. Why did I even have to meet God? I. Because now this whole thing seems to be giving me bad luck in mm-hmm. instead of uh, making my life better in a way. Um, but honestly, there was a sense in which I could experientially feel and just get that encouragement from God mm-hmm. um, that I did not know how to explain. So every time I would have those thoughts, especially throughout the night, I I, I spent many, many, many nights um, not being able to sleep. And I would just think through that, um, mm. that like, where is God? Is he not powerful? Is he not sovereign to have seen this coming and just rescue me from this? But there will be that sense of encouragement that carries me through. Mm. And and yeah. the ch- the church that you were part of and the congregation and I'm sure that you know the people you know today as well has has that has community been a part of your healing journey has it been positive have people been that know your journey and your story and obviously now with the release of your book as well and bravely sharing your truth have people really been a sense of support to you throughout your journey. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was my pastor and his wife who took me to the hospital on that night. Mm. I went to the the one of the uh, church members when I walked out of the forest and 
throughout, I've been having just a community of believers around me, praying for me, counseling me, and just giving me support, mm-hmm. um, which is just one of the things that, though I could not make sense of where God was and, you know, how did he allow this to happen? At the same time, I could see his hand through the people that I was living with. Um, yeah, because I was scared. Um, I was scared of how they're going to perceive me. Mm. I was scared of this, just the, stig- the stigma that is now on me. And how do I have, what do I say to people? You know, it was just a lot, but they, mm. there are people who just came and just supported me. Some I didn't even have to tell. When they heard what had happened to me, they just came and didn't ask more questions. They just came and supported me. So community really carried me through. Wow. I'm yeah. so I'm so grateful to hear that as well because it's, it's such a testimony to us, to everybody who is listening, you know, as believers, as Christians, wherever we find ourselves that that community is so important and we have that challenge to be there for one another through every single thing that we go through. And I think it's, it's so important. And I'm so grateful that you've had amazing people surrounding you and on the journey with you. I know maybe people listening, maybe they don't feel like, Oh, like they have good people around them, but you know, your church family should be there for you. And it's the challenge that we have as Christians that we need to be there for one another. And like you said as well, maybe people that, that, you know, you don't need to even say anything to or tell your story, just be there for somebody, just, just be there, just show up and just, just be there in in these times in our lives. And it's in different times. It could be anything that happens that someone's going through. Sometimes people feel like they don't really know, like, oh gosh, like how do I really be there for her in this time? And, you know, what would you say to somebody, you know, to people who are listening? Because there's a lot of people tuning in, listening and going, you know, what would I do? What what would I say to someone who is in my church, who is a rape survivor, who I know has survived through something? Maybe it happened recently. Maybe it happened a while ago. Boy, Samela, what would you? What advice would you give to to Christians in the church who want to reach out, who want to be there, or who want to help survivors? Or maybe someone in their church has gone through this. What would you say to them is the best thing to do to help someone else? Yeah, I think the best thing to help someone else, like you've said, is just to be there and don't try to feed your curiosity and want to know the details. It's very mm. hard to talk about rape. It's very hard. Mm. Um, and believe them. Mm. Believe them. I, I mean, there are very few, I would call, abnormal people to just... um lie about being raped if someone yeah. says they they have been sexually violated they're probably telling the truth and believe them just be there for them and and don't force them into telling you all the details just just be there for them prayerfully and with everything they they may need mm-hmm. that you may be able to, to provide for them mm-hmm. yeah Exactly. I love that you say don't, you know, it's not about feeding your curiosity. It's not about like, oh, 
I need to know the details. And also to people listening as well, I want to say it's not to feed that curiosity so that you can go and speak about it, stuff to other people. You know, that gossip we talk about in the church that happens. It is, it is, that is not okay. You know, that is not okay. And to just be there for somebody. And we're going to go to a quick music break, but I don't want you to go anywhere because Boitimelo is still with me after this. And we're going to be getting into her journey of walking through the the past few years and her ability to say there there is hope and she saw God's hand moving and also about resilience and what it means to be resilient so don't go anywhere and I'll see you after the song it's voice of change welcome to the show if you're just joining me I hope that you've been here with me from the very very beginning because we're talking about Boitimelo's story and her journey over the past few years and it's not only her story it's her truth it's her life and we can learn so much today from her just her also just bravely showing up and sharing now Boitimelo I wanted to ask you you know what kind of tools have you been using over the years to help you as you are a someone who is a strong survivor? You have written your book and it's also you've been sharing, you started to share your journey, your truth as well. And what kind of tools, like you said earlier on in the show, you went for counseling, but what other tools have you been using to help you just build this life that you want to have? Because I'm sure that there are some people that might be listening to us that have maybe, you know, could be a survivor that's never been able to share their story or that lives with the stigma of that story and just maybe doesn't know how to be able to heal or come to a place within themselves where they are able to speak about what happened to them. What kind of tools have you used through the years that has really helped you just and and every single day as you journey in this life through the trauma that is a part of life now. Yeah. Um. Yes. Apart from um counseling, it would really be the community of believers and my own personal devotion with the Word of God and prayer. Um. Sure. Yeah. With with personal devotion, I couldn't be alone with God, because then I I wanted my questions to be answered, just for God to let me know where He was and why mm. did He allow this to happen. But the more I I knew Him through His Word, the more I can realize that He was actually working throughout this hardship. And now I look back and I see the things that I had lost, which I didn't need, and the things that I've gained that uh, had shaped me into more Christ-likeness. Um, and the community of believers, whenever I'm discouraged, they will remind me that God is at work. Um, they will just carry me through. Yeah, and then, of course, then I, I really needed a counseling to be able to talk, to be able to have someone who show me the things um, that I should be thinking about, journaling about, and talking about. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, you know, you spoke earlier on about living, you know, sometimes people stigmatized so, you know, they stigmatize survivors and people who have been sexually violated, assaulted or abused. And there's almost that people 
I don't know why people do it. I was a trauma counselor for so many years, working with the police and in hospitals, working with survivors of rape, survivors of abuse. And for me, it's, it's, it's the reality of life that this is what happens. It shouldn't be so, but it is. And so why do people stigmatize? And that is difficult because like you mentioned earlier on living with the stigma of that. And was that something that you also had to journey through to overcome? And do you feel like you've kind of overcome that fact that, you know, I don't have to live with that stigma. That's not who I am. You know, whether people judge or whether they say things or whatever they've said in the past, did you feel that that was difficult to deal with? Have you felt like you've come to a place of, of kind of overcoming that now? Yeah, I think um, I, I have come to a place of overcoming that now because I've come to understand that I didn't bring that upon myself. That's mm-hmm. one thing um, you would struggle with should you be, um, should you go through that. I don't know why do you just kind of think that way mm. because now you start calculating. I should have taken this route. I should have worn this. I should have, you know, mm. you go through that so many times. You you play that incident in your mind and you think of the ways you could have avoided it. But you, you couldn't have avoided it. You didn't know about it. And it is not your fault. Like coming to a point where you know it's not your fault um and that's that's what makes me that made that's what made me not be able to share because i thought people would say okay but had you done this and this and this you mm-hmm. couldn't have found yourself in this place um but then i had to deal th- with that and and realize that it was not my fault there's no way i could have orchestrated that to happen differently mm-hmm. it happened and god will judge the people who inflicted that pain on me, mm. he will judge them perfectly and justly. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And like you said, there is always, it's like you said, I don't know why it happens. It's that, that thing of, of almost like you said, maybe I should have done something differently or what was I wearing that day? But again, we always say, and it's the absolute truth. It isn't your fault. And oh. and if there is someone listening maybe to us today that needs to hear that, that's what we want to say collectively, that what happened to you, it, it was not your fault and you did not deserve that no matter where you were, what you were wearing, where you found oh. yourself. Does it doesn't matter, you know, even if you had had something to drink that evening, doesn't matter what because there's almost that beating yourself up to go, oh, I should have done this or maybe I was wrong or it wasn't it wasn't your fault at all, and you know we want to say that collectively today as well to anyone who's listening that might need to hear that it it isn't your fault and and it was never your fault and it will never be your fault. And like Boitemelo said, counseling is important as well, and to be able to to give voice to your story and to your journey and to your truth is so vitally important doesn't mean you have to go and tell everybody but to be able to speak and to be able to to just have that voice and to be able to speak your truth is so so important boy Tamela, do you feel in life that you know now you know the the depth of how you understand god is very different from maybe how you understood god a couple of years ago and in a positive way and in many ways maybe 
You know, there's things that we will go through in life that we will never really understand or have the answers for. Uh, but, you know, the depth of maybe your understanding of God and who he is to you and you are to him. Do you feel that that has changed and deepened and that it has kind of evolved through everything that's happened to you? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think I, I got into a place where I, I didn't have a choice, but to want to know more of God. Um, and and I, I found him waiting for me there, you know, mm. uh, really wanting me to know him more. And definitely I really did see the purpose in my pain. And a lot of people, when I share that, they want to, they think that substitutes the justice, the judgment God still has uh, for the guys who inflicted pain mm. on me. But it doesn't. God mm. still works good out of the bed in the life of a person who was inflicted with pain, um, while at the same time he will judge the pain, inflict, the, the people who inflicted pain. And I look back now and I'm like, um, I'm grateful for the person God has shaped today because of what I went through. And I'm grateful of the relationship I have with God and how much I understand of God because of what I go I went through. So God really worked um, good out of that situation, and I'm definitely more closer to Him now that I am that I that I was um, years ago. Mm. That's that's yeah exactly. Ah, oh, that's so it's so incredible to you, and there's there's so much that we can learn from you as well, just in your relationship with God and your understanding of God, and also sometimes the questions that we have might not we might not always understand today, I guess, and uh, we might only understand it on the other side. You know, when we get to heaven one day, there's so many questions I think that we have in life and. I know the last two, three years have been really difficult for people with COVID and losing loved ones. And a lot of people, it's a completely different thing, but a lot of people asking why, why did that happen? Or you know, there's so much shock and there's so much trauma. And it's that reality of like you are sharing with us today, that God can mold us, shape us, even through the hardships and the pain. And I wanted to ask you, was writing your book, a hard journey for you or did you find it something that brought more healing to you as you began to write and share and maybe just have this tool that other people could read here and and almost give them permission to share their truth their story unlock their voice break down their barriers did you find it something that was healing and good or were there times when it was actually quite difficult for you Oh, yeah, you. it was very difficult. Mm. At some point, I was asking myself, what am I doing? But there was also this sense that I should finish this book um, because this is a book I wish I could have read when I went through what I went through. Um, mm. It forced me to confront things that I just threw under the carpet, mm. you know, um, it, it it really forced me to confront places that I'm not yet healed because of being sexually violated. Um, yeah, but 
at the end of it, I felt this great fulfillment because then I was like, my voice is back. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing I mean about being sexually violated. I don't know how, but the people who sexually violate you, they steal your voice. Yeah. They steal your yeah. voice. They they make you feel like, well, of course, they will make you feel like you are unworthy of life. Your body is just an unvaluable item. By default, you feel like you should not say anything. You have nothing to say. You mm. you have nothing valuable to say. Still, your voice. And so, after writing my book, I felt like my voice is back. Mm. Um, you know, this 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 is not only what they did to me, but this is also what God has worked through. Uh, this situation, um, this is how much God has healed and I'm out to share it. Um, and I was very grateful for that. But at first it was it was very difficult. I was, yeah, I, I went through a lot. Um, there are specific chapters where I would weep at the mm-hmm. end of writing them and I was not able to read them reread them after my editor sent them back to me I it was just a lot but at the end I finished by God's grace and it was worth it mm. sure it's uh it's incredible like uh, it's just amazing I'm just so grateful for you today and I just I'm so grateful for you sharing your your journey and your story with us not just here today on the show but also of course by writing this book which we have heard firsthand from you how difficult it was, that journey, but also getting your voice back. And I think that is the most powerful thing ever. You know, like you said, somehow the voice gets stolen, it gets taken. And I believe that's such a work of of the enemy, you know, just to take your voice, which is needed in this generation. And I'm so grateful that you have your voice back and that here we are today talking, you know, you sharing your story with so many people and also, you know, you will share it with so many people and your book is going to just unlock so many things for other people, for them to find their voice. And boy, Tamela, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here today, you know, on the show. Thank you for being here in just in general. Thank you for being here. And I also want you to be able to share with people, you know, how can they get a copy of the book? Is it available for the public to to get? How do they do that? And maybe this could be a lifeline for them or for someone that they know that might need to read your story. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rurine. Um, Yes, I'm currently selling it uh, myself. I will get it to the stores soon. But now... In the next maybe three, four months, I'll still be selling it for myself. So they can WhatsApp me on 074-0606-587. So now you know how to get the book, get a copy and read it and also just distribute it, give it to others. Maybe you have a woman center 
and you want to get some copies for your center, maybe you help abused women, or maybe you are working in counseling, this book is going to be a tool for you. I truly believe that. And it's the kind of book that, like Boitimele said, she wishes that she had at the beginning when she was going through everything right right at the beginning this is a kind of book that we can give to others and it can be a blessing to them even though it is a hard truth and a hard story but you know it can be a blessing to other people to help them feel that they can be hope again and that God can do big things even through hard things so boy Tamela, thank you so much for being on the show today and i wish you nothing nothing but the best for the rest of this year for your future plans everything that you're going to be doing all the places you find yourself standing up and speaking sharing your story all the places that god is going to open for you to be a blessing to others i want to just honor you for that. I know that it's going to happen. And I want to say thank you again for being on the show today. Amen. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lorraine. Thank you. One of the things that we need to do as Christians is create spaces within our church, even if we can't create our church as this space, but we need to have safe spaces in our church. And what we need to do, and as someone who worked in the gender-based violence space for many years, one of the things that I focus a lot on was training and helping pastors and leaders know how to work with survivors of abuse. And abuse is also not just what we say as physical violence, but also obviously verbal abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, and of course, sexual abuse, which also connects with any form of sexual violation. And as Christians, we need to realize that our churches are the places that need to be safe spaces. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's not always the case. It's not always the case that we can create maybe a whole church as a safe space. But as people, as Christians, we need to be the safe space. And we have heard today how Boitimelo has shared with us over and over again that it is her spiritual community, the Christians that she knows and loves and loves her, that have been the people and the tools that God has used to help her in her healing journey. So that's a challenge I want to give to you today. Maybe you're a leader in your church or maybe you're just, someone in your you know maybe just a christian that has a heart for people who are hurting well then learn how to be a safe space come and draw alongside survivors also the big thing is believe survivors when someone comes to you and says to you that they have been raped or they experience violation or they experience assault you need to believe that person there's way too much rhetoric around, well, giving someone else the benefit of the doubt. If someone comes to you and tells you they have been raped, you need to believe them and you need to really, really stand in their corner alongside them. And I want to challenge you with that. I also want to say to maybe those who are listening today who have experienced sexual violation and you are a survivor. I want to say again what we said earlier on, that it is not your fault and that also you have the right to your story. You have the right to your truth and you don't have to share that truth and story with everybody. But we again say that we are grateful for you and we are grateful that God is with you and one of the hardships of life. And I know it's something we all face in different times of our lives, in different seasons, for different reasons. The fact that we have so many questions and sometimes there are just no answers and the questions we have are of God like God why 
And we know that sometimes the side of heaven we may not always understand, which is the hardships of life. And it's so complex and it's very hard to, to deal with that. But I know as well that God somehow breaks through. And I pray that if you're still in need of a touch of his hand, that you will really experience that today and that he will break through all the pain that you feel and that he will come with his healing hand, with his guiding light and his healing touch to just bless and keep your heart today. So I want to say thank you to every single person who has tuned in and who has been listening. I have just really felt so blessed over this past hour to be with you and boy to me though and i'm grateful that all of our stories are different but from our stories and our journeys we are learning we are growing and we are pushed to be people who really really are living a complex life and understanding that but knowing that god is with us every single step of the way so until next week take care god bless and see you then This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.